get ready, sister, because in this episode, I am going to walk you through the five most common pitfalls that I you used to do all the time that every single woman who's ever come to me struggling with their hormones or their inability to lose weight or sleep through the night or feel good in their body in perimenopause are falling into at least one most often three to five and all of them. So let's dive in and get you back to feeling amazing. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. How are you feeling in your body today? I know that the holidays, although they're behind us a little bit now, they kind of cling on, right? I get really excited after my routines are really derailed to get back to my routine because there's nothing that feels better than five, six, seven days back in your routine feeling so amazing and as beautiful as it is to spend time with family as wonderful it is to break that routine it's so energy supportive when we get back into the land that we know the land that we recognize right so I don't know about you but how I'm feeling right now is excited back back feeling like I can sleep well again like I have my routine back and uh, ready to really take on this year and I know I've talked about this before I know that you know New Year's resolutions and everything get kind of a um I think they get a bad rap but I do love having a focus for the year I do love getting really clear on what my goals are for the year what I really want to accomplish and really revisiting those so I don't forget because you know life gets busy so revisiting those every week you know whether you write them down somewhere whether you set an alarm whether um, whether you tape them to your mirror whether you share them with your friends but just getting clear on, on what you're going for and For me, this first quarter of the year is always about health growth. So I'm making decisions and committing to decisions that focus on how to improve my health. And I love doing it at the beginning of the year because it means it sets me up for the energy for the rest of the year, right? When we take care of our health first and make it our first goal, then we have the energy, the space, the bandwidth, the, you know, the lower mental load because we feel good 
had an amazing conversation with uh, one of my very oldest and best friends this morning, and we talked about that mental load, right? That comes from whatever, whether you're, you know, whether you're trying to stop doing something, whether you're wishing you felt better in your body. But what I see so often, and what I used to experience so much in my life, was this awareness of if I don't feel good in my body, it it like plagues you. It haunts you. Maybe that's a better way. It haunts you all day long. It haunts you when you're awake in the night and can't sleep. It haunts you as you're falling asleep. It haunts you when you're getting in the shower, when you're getting out of the shower, when you're getting dressed. You know, it haunts you at the end of the day when you wish you, you know, had more things you wanted to do but couldn't because you're too exhausted. It haunts you when you're choosing what to eat, when you, after you ate. And that load is such an energy and time suck. So when you remove that load, because you are back on track, you are feeling good in your body, it opens up so much more space, so much more energy, so much more bandwidth to live the life that you want to live without that energy suck all the time. So saying that, I really wanted to share some, I think, amazing some of the most common pitfalls when it comes to feeling amazing in perimenopause and specifically, you know, releasing weight, because that's a lot of where our focus ends up going. Um, and for many of my clients and, and myself now, it's not necessarily about weight loss as it is about wanting to gain muscle or wanting to just sleep better or wanting to have more energy or wanting to have a better libido so your relationship has more intimacy in it. Whatever it is, there is the focus. So these are the, today we're going to talk about the the perimenopause weight loss pitfalls, but I want you to sub in there any other healing pitfalls. We'll just call them perimenopause pitfalls. Uh, and we're, I'm going to walk you through how to avoid the five most common errors because no matter what woman comes into my life, and I do get some amazing DMs from you guys. I get great emails back to my emails. So I hope, please keep doing that. Please keep messaging me, you know, sending me DMs on Instagram and Facebook, um, replying to my emails if you're on the email list. And if you're not, you should be. This is where I get to share kind of more deeper stories and deeper things. Um, and also, you know, the episodes and the podcast that I think can be so valuable to you. But I hear from you guys, you know, whatever you're struggling and whenever I respond back, I can always spot that you're doing one of these, if not all of these pitfalls. And I used to fall into this all the time myself. So I'm once you become aware of them, it's going to make this path to feeling flipping amazing in perimenopause so much easier for you. But just to circle back around to that focus of this year, because I tend to get off, off to topic sometimes, I really love making this first quarter my focus on health growth. Really make this your priority for this first three months of the year, and you will be amazed at everything else, how much better everything goes when you don't have that mental load because you feel great. And you don't have to be quote unquote perfect. It doesn't have to be about following something perfectly. All it needs to be about is making it a priority so that you move that needle in how you feel in your body and reduce that mental load. But let's dive in because like I was saying, these, these five most common errors come up again and again and again. And it's really how I've been able to make such an impact helping so many women in in, in my course, in Midlife Mojo, in the one-on-one -on -one coaching because we do typically fall into these. These are happening 
So there's obviously the, the strategy for healing that we follow, but in the following of the strategy or in the trying to heal on our own, we often make one of these five most common errors. So let's get into it because, you know, life is short. Life is busy. Let's, let's get to the real deal. If you have a pen and paper, if you've got the notes section on your phone, um, this, is, this is where it's happening. So number one. The number one most common error when trying to release weight or feel amazing in perimenopause is that you are not honoring the fact that you are in perimenopause and you're focused on calories in versus calories out instead of energy supply and demand. So let's break that down a little. First of all, if you're listening to this podcast and you're over 35, you are in perimenopause. It doesn't matter what your doctor tells you. It doesn't matter what the blood work tells you. It doesn't matter where your hormone levels are. It is not a diagnosable condition. It is a phase of life like puberty. This is our reverse puberty. So if you're over 35, yes, you are in it. You might feel great and that's wonderful. Um, You still want to know this information and recognize that if you are, and and I will, I'm going to just take a moment here and say, because I've had several clients one-on-one and also in midlife mojo who are post-menopausal. They've definitely, you know, not even that they've had a hysterectomy, they've actually gone through, you know, menopause. They're not bleeding. It's been over a year and our hormones don't just completely disappear, right? Things are still clinging on. So if you are post-menopausal and you're having symptoms, you're unable to release weight, you know, you're, you're not able to sleep through the night, then there is still an impact happening. We won't call it perimenopause anymore, but you're still in that reverse puberty and you're still experiencing the fact that you're in this reverse puberty. And we want to be clear first that it is an added workload to the body. Just like we see our teens going through puberty and they're more tired, they need to sleep more, they are hungrier, they need to eat more, you know, they're a bit more emotional. Like these are very real things because change is going on. It is an added workload. It means the body has to be doing more right now. The body, unlike our brains, the body will prioritize what has to happen in the evolution of our aging and our growth. So this is just a natural piece. More is going on. Same, same if you're, you know, pregnant, right? When you go through those first trimester, that first trimester of pregnancy, you're dog tired. You are um, sometimes hungry, sometimes nauseous. You're more emotional, lots going on. And it's because, again, more is going on. The body is doing more at that time. So one, we need to honor first that we're in this piece, that more is happening. And so we need to accommodate for that. And when we are trying to release weight or or feel better, maybe in our energy, our natural instinct culture has really taught us to look like calories in versus calories out. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm eating this. I hear this all the time. And I used to say this as well. I'm burning this many calories and I'm eating this many calories, but I'm still gaining weight. When you're in this phase of the added workload, it we really have to, I wish we could lobotomize this calories in versus calories out. It's really feeling amazing in your body during this phase of added workload is much, much more, much more about the energy supply and demand that your body has. We have a greater energy demand in perimenopause, so we need a greater supply. And if we're looking at calories in versus calories out, when we push ourselves in a hard workout, we're creating a greater energetic demand of our body, right? So all of a sudden the body's like, whoa, 
I'm busy transferring hormones around, you know, dealing with what's happening in the body. And now I've got to make sure I do this other workload. So I need more energy. But most women in perimenopause are not sleeping as well. They're not eating as well as they should be. And now we're doing this workout. So the energy demand gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is where the body starts to accommodate because our bodies are this beautiful, magnificent thing. It will always do whatever it can to achieve what the mind is asking it to do. So you're going to ask more of your body and it's going to do what it can to perform that, but it's going to like rob Peter to pay Paul. You know that saying? So it's going to steal from somewhere else in your body or from where it could be doing work to accomplish what you're asking it to do. And then So instead of looking at calories in versus calories out, we really want to look at where all the areas of our life where uh, where we have some control over reducing the demand of energy. And we can do that by looking at our movement and fitness. We want to get movement and expansive movement like yoga in, so walking and yoga, but a hard workout when you're not releasing weight and you're trying to release weight is clearly not working for you. So that's creating an energy demand that you're not meeting the supply of. So we need to make sure that we're pulling back on those things. We need to take a look at our life and see where we can get help. We need to look at our sleep and say, am I getting enough sleep? For years and years, I operated on six to seven hours of sleep max. But in perimenopause, just like pregnancy, just like puberty, we have a greater energy demand. So we really need to be like minimum seven for half the month, but really we need to be looking at more like eight or even nine hours. We need to build up that sleep and have it make sure it's quality sleep, right? There are things that we do that really impact the quality of our sleep. So we want to really be hyper-focused more on that. What is sucking my energy and how do I lower my energy demand? And then how do I increase my energy supply? You know, am I making sure that the food that I'm putting in my body, which in, which gives the body the tools it needs to create energy, right? Energy doesn't come from nowhere. It gets created in the body from the tools we eat. Are the tools I'm eating, are they quality? You know, are they... Are they, you know, covered in pesticides? Are they pissing my body off and creating a greater energy demand? You know, are they, are they the quality tools they need with, you know, with the best nutrients and vitamins and minerals that we can so that the, my body has the tools to supply the energy it needs instead of, uh, instead of being in that deficit. Likewise, you know, we can get energy, of course, through gentle movement like walking and yoga. We can get energy through finding things that bring us joy, through stress, proper stress management and, and, and different things like that. So we really need to look at that energy supply and demand issue. So if you're stuck on the calories in, calories out, and you're not clear and you're not honoring the fact that you're in this greater energetic demand, then this is absolutely a pitfall you want to avoid. And we can do that by really looking at our energy suckers and our energy givers. And we can do that, again, really through looking at our four health pillars, which are sleep slash rest, we'll call it sleep and rest, movement, nutrition, and stress management or pleasure. So when we look in those four health pillars, we're able to see, okay, you know, am I getting the amount of sleep? Is it the right quality of sleep? If not, that's got to become a priority. Am I doing the right movement? Is it too much movement for what my body needs? If not, that's got to be a priority. Am I eating, you know, three balanced, highly nutrient dense meals a day? If not, we got to focus on that piece. And am I managing my stress? Am I finding joy? Am I having leisure time in my life? If not, that those are the four pieces. When we solidify those four health pillars, then we 
significantly reduce that mental load because we start to actually feel better and have more energy. Part of this mental load I was talking about earlier with my friend comes from us really grinding away on the things we should change, want to change, aren't changing, need to change. And we just haven't surrendered to that piece yet. So again, number one, you're not honoring the fact that you're in perimenopause. We really need to focus on that energy supply and demand. And it's not a calories in versus calories out piece. Number two, you are not healing the underlying issues. So all too often, and this was absolutely me, <laughs> I you know wanted to just blame my hormones. And listen, we're taught to do this from puberty. From puberty, we're like, oh, you know, you're having cravings, it's your hormones. Oh, you're irritable, it's your hormones. Oh, she's bitchy, it's her hormones. You know, these are really, oh, you're exhausted, it's your hormones. It's not your hormones. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but I will challenge you on the science and the facts behind this. It is the underlying issue what is throwing the hormones off. So before we can even get to a workout building muscle, um, before we can even get to major like fat burning, we need to make sure the body is in a solid foundational piece. And if your body is dealing with inflammation in it, which we'll see in headaches, you know, excess belly fat, bloating, night sweats, uh, hot flashes, brain fog, uh, not enough consistent energy throughout the day, not again, inability to release weight when you are trying. These are all signs that point to inflammation along with anxiety and moodiness and depression. These are all things that point to inflammation, let alone like skin issues, rosacea, acne, you know, swelling in our joints, all of this inflammation. So we want to first take the time to heal the inflammation in our body so that we can also see if there are other root underlying issues, right? Before we can even repair a metabolism um, or a thyroid or any, you know, um, a lack of a hormone, we have to heal the inflammation. Our body is designed not necessarily like its priority is not to build muscle. The body's priority is to survive. It's to live. It's to keep this existence in this moment as long as possible. And inflammation is red alert that something is wrong. So when there's inflammation in the body or there's something that's creating inflammation, all of the body's focus will go there and it will like lower it like pulls forces it's like call in the troops from the other areas we need to deal with this problem so if we're in chronic inflammation because we're not sleeping enough because we're not eating the right things because we're working out over exercising or working out too hard uh, because we're not managing our stress appropriately or we're doing too much then we're always stuck in this place of inflammation and we cannot get to the healing and repair of the pieces and the other underlying issues that might be there. So before you can ever expect to release weight, to have energy, to sleep well, to do all these things that I know we all want in this time, we need to address the inflammation. It's like calming the tantrum of the child. You hear me say this a lot on several episodes, but when you have a child that's in your care and they come to you and they're in tears and they're yelling and they're freaking out because something happened, you really can't get to the root of why the thing happened. You might get out so-and-so hit me, but you won't get why they hit you or what happened before they hit you. And you know, not that it's ever okay to hit, but you won't get to the root of the issue to resolve the issue. So we got to calm the 
the child, calm the inflammation, and then we can actually get to, okay, why did this happen? How do we prevent this happen? And then repairing the relationship between those two people. Do you see, do you see how that makes sense there? So we need to eliminate the inflammation. It's not your hormones, it's the inflammation or the other root issues that are throwing off your hormones. In perimenopause and menopause, as long as our hormones remain balanced, we should not be completely debilitated. We will obviously, like as our hormones decrease when we move from being fertile to non-reproductively capable, then there are going to be physical changes in our body because we're used to having these hormones and they're no longer there. But if they stay balanced, it shouldn't be this painful. We should be able to address and holistically work on those other pieces or when needed, use HRT. Okay, number three. This is a big one. I did this all the time. I talked to someone today just about this one. You are not giving enough time for healing. We are in the Amazon Prime microwave mentality land. I am fully guilty of this. If I don't get what I want when I want it really quickly, it can be frustrating. We think that we can, you know, eat well and follow a certain program for two weeks and should start to release weight. I'm going to tell you right now. When you are suffering with these with these symptoms we're talking about, you are dealing with inflammation, which likely means there's another issue even beyond the inflammation. We have to heal the inflammation. We have to heal and repair the other root issue. And then we've got to work with our hormones to go into optimization so that we can shift into fat burning. You need 12 weeks. That really needs to be that minimum. So when I talk about, you know, my focus these first three months on health, like that is my focus to really move the needle. 12 weeks, crush it out, make that my priority, and then I can move on to another focus and a goal. You need 12 weeks for healing. And probably one of the things that you're running into is that you are struggling with motivation or consistency. And it's very rare that I run into someone who has been consistent in anything for more than three or four weeks max. Usually it's two weeks. We run into two to three weeks and then we kind of fall off that consistency train. So here as a part B to this, you're not giving enough time to your healing. Here is what you want to do about it. You need to get the help you need, right? I used to struggle a lot to invest in the help that I needed, but I I kept feeling really badly about spending money on myself or spending time on myself. But if you are not investing in the help that you need, then the opportunity cost lost. So if you are not able to perform as well as you want at work, if you're not able to be as present as you want with your kids, if you're not able to, you know, really embrace and feel good in your body and be intimate in your relationship, that is costing you money time, and so much more. So take the step, invest in whatever it is, a program, a coach, or something, so that you can have the accountability and the skill set that you need. And make sure that you hire someone who has receipts, right, that has actual testimonials or proof that they've been able to make that difference in people's lives, whether it's in themselves or others. Yes, this is a slight shameless plug. If you're here and you're listening, I would love for you to work with me. 
because I am super passionate about this, but I just want you to get the help you need. So if you are struggling with this piece where you're unable to be consistent for 12 weeks, usually that is because you're on the wrong strategy. It's not suited for, for the stage that you're going in and you just need some help. We need help and coaching. Coaching always gets us further. Every time I have invested in a coach, I have got more than I have given. To, to get there. And then that rolls forward, right? When I've worked with coaches on, you know, evolving my business or evolving my health, it's like, you know, you pay a certain amount. But in that process, not only did I actually get results, but then those results carry you for the rest of the year. So now you're gaining, you have more energy to accomplish more, to, to feel better, to be more present, and you're on the up and up instead of the down and down. All right, so that's number three. You're not giving enough time for healing. So your solution for that is to get some help. Make the leap, trust in yourself, recognize that if you feel better, you will do better in your life. All right, pitfall number four, you aren't listening to your body. (laughs) You're looking at the scale instead. This is such a common one, and I was like this all the time. And, And the trouble is I would get on the scale to see if my efforts were working, and that scale would start to dictate how I felt the rest of the day, right? Because our thoughts become our feelings often and our feelings become our thoughts. So when we listen to our body, it kind of doesn't matter what the scale says. If you're listening to your body and she's saying, I feel good, I have energy, you know, I'm digesting well, I'm pooping every day, you know, I, I, I feel alive, I feel happy, I feel joyful, you know you're on the right path. And going back to, you know, tip number three, this will give you the motivation to keep going for 12 weeks. But if you're getting, if you're looking to the scale for your answers, if you're looking to the scale for whether something is working right away, then you're looking at the wrong, the wrong indicator, right? It's like, when your child brings home a report card and you're only looking at the grade and not the comments, maybe they had a, a B and they still have a B, but the comments are saying, hey, I see that they've been working really hard. They've been turning their assignments in on time. They've been happier and more participative in class. If you're not looking at the comments, you're just looking at the letter. You're missing the story and the growth of what's actually happening. And this is what happens in our body. If you're just getting on the scale and you're not recognizing how you're actually feeling in your body, it's giving you an incomplete picture and often a misleading picture of what's happening. And this can go both ways because there have been times in my life where, you know, I was drinking with friends one night, I get on the scale the next day, I'm down some weight because I'm dehydrated. And I'm like, well, I can drink with friends, it's no big deal. When when two days later, my the inflammation kicks in and all of a sudden I'm six pounds up, right? We, we really want to listen to our body and what she's saying. And it's difficult to do that until we eliminate that inflammation, which is why that pitfall is so, so important. So eliminate the inflammation, get off that scale and focus more on how you feel and what your body is saying to you. If you're sleeping well through the night, if you're pooping every day, if you're not having cravings, if your energy is clean, if your libido is coming back, you're on the right track. You need to keep going for those 12 weeks. All right, number five, the last pitfall. You've heard me talk about this one so many times. You aren't working with your hormones. If you are trying to push out an intense workout program all month long, 
during your luteal phase and your menstrual phase, you're wasting your time, right? You're, you're, you're making progress and then you're regressing progress. If you're not recognizing the foods that you can eat, and this goes for all of you who aren't having a bleed, maybe you've had a hysterectomy, we still have hormones, we still have cycles. So honoring those rhythms and recognizing that in your follicular phase, in your ovulatory phase, or half of your month, if you're not actually bleeding and you don't know how to track that yet, half of the month, you can actually get so much more out of your 30-minute workout or so much more out of your, you know, leaner nutrition plan. And then when you shift into those other ones, we want to pull back on the energy suck, on the energy demand, and really increase the energy supply. So the body has what it needs in order to operate, and it doesn't get so frustrated that it just shuts down into low battery mode and suppresses our metabolism and amps up our fat storage. So we really want to figure, learn how to track with your hormones, whether you're bleeding regularly, irregularly, or not at all, and understand how to accommodate your energy and supply demands for the, the each phase that you are in. And when you do that, we actually get to do less and get more. And doesn't that just sound amazing? I mean, I've been an efficiency junkie my whole life. I love when things are efficient. So when I do something and it crushes it, like whether that's resting or whether that's, whether that's, you know, accomplishing a workout or, or accomplishing something in my career or being really present with the kids, when I put my mind to something and I do it and I do it in the right phase of my cycle, it is such a good feeling to get more out of giving less. And that's what we want. Okay. One more time for the cheap seats in the back, the perimenopause weight loss pitfalls, how to avoid the five most common errors. Here they are. One, you're not honoring the fact that you're in perimenopause and you're focused on calories in versus calories out. We want to look to our four health pillars and focus more on your energy supply and demand. Number two, we're not healing the underlying issues, that, that inflammation. We need to calm that child. We need to reduce the inflammation and get to the real root of the issue and stop blaming our hormones all the time. Number three, we're not giving enough time for healing. So we really want to make sure that you're giving this window and committing to a 12-week pocket and asking for the help you need to get there, investing in that help. It will be the best investment you make this year. Number four, you're not listening to your body. We want to stay off the scale and listen for the cues in our body. She will tell you what she needs, what's good and what's not good. Number five, you aren't working with your hormones. We want to make sure we're tracking, we understand what phase we're in, and that we are eating the right amount. We're, we're, we're sorry, that we're meeting our energy supply and demand for each phase. Okay, sisters, that was a lot. I want to remind you that this week and next week, there are limited seats for my free masterclass, How to Release Weight, Gain Energy, and Heal Your Hormones in Perimenopause Without Overwhelm or Failure. I will not be running this again until August, so make sure you grab your seat. The URL for that is briatheperiodwhisperer.com forward slash now, N-O-W, or you can swipe up. It'll be down here in the, in the notes section uh, or the show notes here. Get on that, share it with your friends, come in and let me guide you through what you need to know in order to maximize on your 12 weeks, in order to feel really great and ride this all 2024 long. Until then, be more in your life and not just less on a scale. And we'll catch you next time. 
Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.